Welcome to Tucson New Thought. This is the constant thing every week. Back and forth. I take this thing back and forth. I do like to carry it. Expanses of water are consistent metaphors in spiritual houses. And what I love about it is this idea, you know, I, when I was living in Toronto, uh, right on the shore of Lake Ontario, and so we would go out to the beach, as much of a beach as it is, it's very, you know, rocky. And I never got into the water because that lake freaks me out, and it's really cold. <laughs> but I loved being able to look out onto that lake and also always marveled at what lies below that which you don't see. You know, we all have this expression in the world and people see the expression, but there is so much more that lies underneath the surface of each and every one of us. And I think that's why this idea of lakes and seas and water has such meaning and it's powerful for us because it really is a deep metaphor for the truth of our being. In these lyrics, and, and, and so if you, are in the, if you have been part of the Methodist tradition, the United Methodist tradition, you may have recognized that particular hymn. It's uh, common in the Methodist hymnal. Some of these lyrics that I wanted to talk about, uh, looking neither for wealthy nor wise ones, looking neither for wealthy nor wise ones. There's that infinite spirit that is always unfolding and we sometimes disassociate it from ourself. We sometimes disassociate it from ourself. And part of the practice of new thought is to root ourselves in the knowledge that it is not separate from the self. It is fully, fully expressing right here and right now as each and every one of us. And knowing this and trusting this and allowing this, we need not look for wealthy nor wise ones because we are the very expression of this impressive spirit. We are wealthy and wise. How many of you feel that? That was about half of you. <laughs> it's about half of you. It's better than a lot of rooms I talk, I speak to. I was going to say, it's better than a lot of rooms I play. <laughs> Those who are here for the first time are going, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 here's, here's part of my conscious choice in ministry, enlightenment through entertainment. If nothing else, I would love for you to be entertained. <laughs> we are wealthy and wise. We are love, light, life. We are peace. We are power. We are beauty and joy and all the attributes of God that I talked about last week. Those things are who and what we are because there is no separation. There is absolutely no separation. And it is the feeling of separation that often leads us off the path. It often leads us off the path. As you know, to desert the truth in the hour of need is to prove that we do not know the truth. The quote that I provided to Marvis basically is saying this, when we forget who we are, we forget the truth in our hour of need, that's when things go awry in life. And it is exactly in those moments that it is what we needed is what we require. We are wealthy and wise. We are not looking for those things. It is who we are. And when we are willing to accept 
these attributes as our beingness, our life unfolds based on that new idea. That's why it is new thought. Because new thought is not so new. It is ancient wisdom, and it is being expressed in a different way. That's what makes it new. And we are each of us bringing our new ideas and new thinking to our lives at all times, no matter what. And we can either be in alignment with the truth of our being, or we can be out of alignment with the truth of our being. And wherever we are, that's the way our life will flow. Because the one thing I also know is that the flow of life is unceasing. It is constantly unfolding. And it can go any direction. It doesn't have a care in the world what you do with it. The flow of life is simply responding and expressing because of your individualization of an infinite consciousness. Other lyrics. You need my hands full of caring through my labors to give others rest and constant love that keeps on loving. You need my hands full of caring through my labors to give others rest and constant love that keeps on loving. The infinite divine spirit expresses. It expresses as us and our work our work, and I touched on it in uh, the opening prayer today, our work is to let all of that be rooted in love. That's why I don't, I, I, you know, I've been using the word God a lot more in the last couple weeks, but I really do prefer the synonym, which is love. Love is all there is. Love is the only thing that matters. Can we root our hearts in that space and let our labors, our labors, because here's the thing, I always say it's work, right? Until it's not work. Let our labors in life be rooted in love and trust that everything that flows forth shows up according to that idea. But the refrain of this hymn is what's important. That's what's important to me today. My boats left the shoreline behind me. I will seek other seas. My boats left the shoreline behind me. I will seek other seas. That is abandoning with, I keep wanting to say it. That is throwing ourselves into that limitless sea of receptivity. My boats left the shoreline behind me. I will seek other seas. The other thing that happens is when we don't know who we are, we may be walking through life with fear preceding us. And that will stop the capacity for each and every one of us to seek other seas, to seek different ways of expressing, to seek the evolution of our soul and our heart in alignment with our mind. I call this a center for spiritual evolution because I am very interested in the forward momentum of life. I want us to be involved in the evolution of our lives, and it takes involvement to evolve. We must be involved, but we also must be willing to leave that shoreline behind us and drop into that limitless sea of receptivity. To 
The search for spiritual truth is ever unfolding. We are a point of spiritual expression, each and every one of us. And our unfoldment is the evolution of spirit. And here's what I want to make sure is very clear. This is not meant to be considered in a reductive way because spirit can never be reduced. I am not littler than spirit. I am an aspect of the infinite, as are we all. It's hard for people to wrap their minds around. It is hard for people to wrap their minds around. It's, the, it's a question that gets brought up a lot. You know, Ernest Holmes, the founder of religious science, used to open his radio program with, there is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. And I actually had a recording that I was playing for a while, and I took out the greater than you are portion of that recording because I really want us to understand that while the infinite nature of spirit is greater than our individualization of it, we are the aspect of that infinite nature at the level of our awareness and understanding of it. But it is who and what we are. We are that infinite nature. Are you laughing because I'm bouncing off the walls? <laughs> entertainment through enlightenment through entertainment. Where was I? <laughs> we are the infinite. We are the infinite. Let's, let us take away this notion that we are somehow less than because we are not. We are not less than. None of us. But when we truly understand this, then we understand that every single person that we encounter is also the infinite. We are on equal footing. And boy, knowing who you are is the great equalizer. Yes? <laughs> We're the, all right, we're the fun size. We're, we're fun size God. <laughs> I want us to walk away from here today knowing that knowing who we are enhances our experience of life. It does not reduce it in any way. So, you are God. Yes, you are. Sorry, don't mean to yell. <laughs> So it really goes back to one of the things I introduced in our, in, in our setting here last week. Although I've talked around it a lot, I'd never really explicitly stated it until last week, and that was the previous spiritual centers that I've come from that have adopted this notion as their vision, which is love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. If we can truly engage in those three ideals, love only, Forgive everything and remember who you are. <sighs> we can let go of the shore and truly fall into that limitless sea of receptivity. There's a parable in the Buddhist tradition. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm going to read this entire parable. And there will be things that maybe will seem to contradict what I have just said. We can talk about it all later. But if something goes, wait a second, talk to me about it later. And the Buddhist tradition is this. Suppose there is a man journeying on a road and he sees a vast expanse of water of which this shore is perilous and fearful. This shore. 
was that clear. (laughs) While the other shore is safe and free from danger, but there is no boat for crossing, nor is there a bridge for going over from this side to the other. So the man thinks, "This this is a vast expanse of water, and this shore is perilous and fearful, but the other shore is safe and free from danger. There is, however, no boat here for crossing, nor a bridge for going over from this side to the other. Suppose I gather reeds, sticks, branches, and foliage, and bind them into a raft. Now that man collects reeds, sticks, branches, and foliage, and binds them into a raft. Carried by that raft, laboring with hands and feet, he safely crosses over to the other shore. Having crossed and arrived at the other shore, he thinks, this raft indeed has been very helpful to me. Carried by it, laboring with hands and feet, I got safely across to the other shore. Should I not lift this raft on my head, nor put it on my shoulders to go where I like? It continues by asking these questions. What do you think about it? This is for self-reflection. What do you think about it? Will this man, by acting thus, do what should be done with a raft? I'm going to encourage you to uh, consider the answer that came up in your own heart and mind to that question. Because this is how it continues as well. If we say no, how then would we be doing what ought be done with a raft? Having got across and arrived at the other shore, the man thinks, this raft indeed has been very helpful to me. Carried by it and laboring with hands and feet, I got safely to the other shore. Should I not pull it up on the dry land or let it float in the water and then go as I please? By acting thus, would that man do what should be done with the raft? Having the purpose of crossing over is not the same as having the purpose to be clung to. The teaching is similar to the raft. I have clung on to this teaching. I have clung on to other teachings in my life, but sometimes we need to let that go like the raft. Let go of the shore and move forward in a different way. You, who understand how similar the raft is to our teaching, you who understand that, you who live by the way of this teaching, maybe should let go. Maybe just let go. I was speaking to somebody yesterday, a friend of mine. We were talking about a concept of meditation. And the concept of meditation that was uh, brought up, this person felt like, this person felt like sitting on the ground in lotus position was how you meditate, which a lot of people think. Now, meditation is whatever you decide meditation needs to be. And how you practice meditation is entirely up to you. In fact, I think it was Joan Borisenko who said, if I am thinking about having a steak for dinner later in the day during my meditation time, that is a perfect meditation. (laughs) 
you get to decide what that is. But this person was saying, I have this concept of what meditation is, and what happens when I get into that is that I start to become hyper-aware of my physical beingness, and I try to reject that. That's really what came out in the conversation. I'm trying to reject that. I'm trying to let go of that. I'm trying to you know, not feel so, so much discomfort in my own body. And I said to this person, have you ever tried the opposite? Letting go of what you think you know, letting go of what you think it should be, and allowing what is. Because maybe what is necessary in that moment is to become hyper-aware of what the body is feeling, what is happening in the body. We are in this limitless sea of receptivity. We are swimming through it all the time, no matter what. What do we cling to within that sea? What is it that we cling to? Do we have a willingness to let it all go? Before I get to the random reading, I have one more thing to tell you. When I first, uh, when I first became a minister and was catapulted into a spiritual directorship in Toronto, Ontario, I spoke for six months, and I did all the things I was taught in ministerial school, and I read the right things, and I said the right things, and I did the right things, and, I, and it just went on. And about six months in, I started my talk with this. Let go of everything. Forget everything I have said in the past six months, and let's start here. Let us start here, in this moment with this question, who are you? Did everyone who wanted to write down a number have the opportunity to write down a number? No. Well, then I'm going to, I'm not going to have you write one down, but I'm going to invite you to choose the number and tell me what the number is. Sixty-seven. So then I turn to page 67 in our text, The Science of Mind. I knew they were leaving, by the way. That was set up before. I don't feel like, I don't, wow, why are they walking out? I, I knew that they had to leave. <laughs> You are 67. <laughs> Is that the number that you wanted? <laughs> there are there are two well there are two paragraphs on this page. One or two? One. One. In the beginning of any creative series there is an absolute intelligence alone. Pure spirit all inclusive everywhere infinite. Sounds like a limitless sea of receptivity to me, doesn't it? This all spirit could not have the impulse to move unless it were conscious. Therefore, spirit is the power that knows itself. Well, haven't we been talking about knowing who we are? The very power of creation is moving by means of you when you truly know who you are and you can direct it specifically. Because here's the thing, we are all creating all the time, no matter what, but those who understand the power of their mind are going to create specifically and for the good of their lives. I see so many people, and it's not a judgment, but it is a discernment on my part to understand that 
It is not for me to change them, but for me to know who I am and set an example. Because I see so many people in the world who have who dive into that limitless sea of receptivity and they don't direct their flow. And so they just allow whatever shows up to show up. And oftentimes it can be destructive in nature. It can be destructive in nature. We are the very power of spirit right here and right now. And when we accept that as who we are and direct that flow, How great life becomes. I know it's perfect timing, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. It's the peril of having a small space. <clears throat> it is perfect. It is absolutely perfect. I should explain to everybody who's watching online that um, right when I said flow, we heard a toilet flush. <laughs> So you understand why we're all laughing. So this is really where I want to end today, is this idea. How do you want to direct the flow and who do you want to be in this world? And do you have the willingness to perhaps build that raft, to build that safety, allow yourself to get from the treacherous shore to the even shore, and then let the raft go? Come on in. Do you have that willingness? That's the question. Can you truly dive into that limitless sea of receptivity? That is a rhetorical question that I would love for you to ponder all week long. And that's your homework. I'm not going to make you do anything like, oh, I've got to go out and I've got to tell people how magnificent they are. You can still do that, and I encourage you to do that. Let people know their magnificence. But I would love for you this week to truly ponder the infinite truth of your being. Find time each and every day to ponder the infinite truth of your being. Breathe into that. Spirit, you are at the lake shore. And I am saying that to you. Spirit, you are at the lake shore, and you get to decide how to proceed. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.